Hello, everybody, and welcome to That Wrestling Show, the podcast where all pro wrestling matters. I am your host, Bill Yankovi, and this is going to be a very big week for the show as I will be previewing Final Battle, which is this Saturday night. Is it the end of an era? We will find out after Saturday night is done. Plus, going to talk about getting very close to the end of both the best of the Super Juniors and the World Tag League tournaments. They are coming to an end, uh, well, by next week, as a matter of fact. And going to give you my thoughts on NXT War Game. And it's going to be a little bit different of a review than you guys are normally accustomed to. But it should be fun nonetheless. I want to begin by talking about, well, the big news of the week, really. uh, And that is the release of Jeff Hardy from WWE. Um, A lot of... This whole thing is a strange but yet a sad situation for Jeff Hardy, who has been through so much in his life. Um, I'm not gonna make... I'm not gonna make fun of him here, but... And it looked like, as of late, on TV, before I talk about what happened, he'd been getting a pretty nice push on SmackDown. Um, You go back to the Survivor Series a few weeks ago... He was the last guy eliminated in the men's Survivor Series match. He almost won the Battle Royal on SmackDown a couple weeks ago to get a future title shot. It looked like things had been going kind of hit, you know, it was like things are looking up. You know, maybe something will happen here. And then there was... A situation. I'm going to say that it wasn't an incident. It was a situation that happened on a house show in Edinburgh, Texas last week. And there is video up. So if you haven't seen this video, I'm going to describe it because it is such a bizarre thing that happened. So Jeff Hardy is what I assume is the main event of this house show. I'm assuming. It is a six-man tag match, him, Drew McIntyre, and King Xavier against Roman Reigns and the Usos. Jeff Hardy is getting worked on a lot in this match. So he finally makes the tag, and he's, he, he gets out of the ring. He then goes over the barricade through the crowd and goes through the back. Just goes right to the back. And he does not come out for the rest of the match. He doesn't come out for the end. He just is gone. So it's, you know, it's like, it's very weird that something like this would happen. WWE offered Jeff Hardy were actually not offered, but he had been told, you have to go to rehab to get yourself together. Jeff said, no, I'm not going. And WWE 
as of yesterday, let him go from his contract. And Jeff is now on the 90-day no-compete clause. This is, you know, it's a sad situation. It really is. Um, Jeff Hardy is one of those guys that still to this day is over. He has been so popular with the fans for years. And he's one of those guys where it's like you think you know that he's, you know, made it, he's back, he's clean, and then something happens and you know, he's kind of back on whatever it is. I I don't want to say that he's back on drugs. I can't really say that for certain, but he's just back on you know, doing whatever he had been doing in the past, which is kind of a sad situation because there are people who, you know, do fall off and then get back on and fall off and back on, and that's unfortunately the way life goes. Um, I really hope for the best for Jeff Hardy. I, I hope that Maybe he gets some time, gets himself together. If he decides to go to rehab, I think we as fans all support him going to rehab. Um, obviously, the choice is up to Jeff, but it's something that, you know, is one of those sad situations where you think maybe he's gone over his demons, maybe he's past what he's been through and you know every every once in a while the demons come back unfortunately and this is this is how life is and it it just sucks let's just say it like it is it just sucks and i don't even care right now about you know where Jeff Hardy goes once the 90 day clause is up I really don't care I just want him to get better I think a lot of wrestling fans want him to get better and then once he is better maybe we'll go from there talking about what he's going to do uh, where he's going to wrestle so Let's just hope for the best for Jeff Hardy that he gets better. Uh, some sad news to report as one half of the legendary Black Jacks passed away on Wednesday. Black Jack Lanza passed away at the age of 86 years old. And to wrestling fans, he's kind of defined in a unique way in two categories if you grew up with him seeing him wrestle then you remember him being one half of the blackjacks with the late blackjack mulligan and then there's the other side where you are probably like me that 
remember him as being one of the road agents for the WWF for so many years. And you would see him on TV on occasion, um, you know, helping the guys get to the back. And he had been an agent for a long, long time. Uh, about 20 plus years, almost 30 years. And it was Lanza who inducted Bobby the Brain Heenan into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2004. And Bobby, only a few years later, returned the favor by inducting the Blackjacks into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2007, which is a pretty good class uh, to go in along, you know, with Dusty Rhodes being the main uh, performer on that one. So Blackjack lands his career. Uh, he wrestled from 1961 to 1985, a 24-year in-ring career trained by the legendary Vern Gagne. And during his career, was a co-holder of the AWA World Tag Team titles with Bobby Duncan, held the AWA British Empire Heavyweight title. I'd like to have seen that match. Uh, in Georgia, held the television title for NWA Big Time Wrestling, was the American Heavyweight Champion, co-holder of the American Tag Team titles with Blackjack Mulligan, and a three-time holder of the Texas version of the Brass Knuckles title. In NWA Mid-America, he held the Southern Junior Heavyweight title. In the World Wrestling Association, he held the WWA World Heavyweight title and a co-holder of the World Tag Team titles with Blackjack Mulligan and was a co-holder of the WWWF Tag Team titles with Blackjack Mulligan and actually was a member of the class of 2006, not 2007. I apologize for that mistake. Uh, but Blackjack Lanza had a very recognizable face that everyone knew. Like I said, there are two generations that saw Blackjack Mulligan. Either you saw Jack Blackjack Mulligan wrestle as one half of the Blackjacks, you know, prominently, or you saw him as an agent for the WWF during its, you know, its peak years. Blackjack Lanza passing away at the age of 86. Tournament update now. Going to start with the best of the Super Juniors. And it is all set up for a very interesting final day of tournament competition as the round robin portion is coming to an end. There are, as of this moment, six individuals that have a shot to win or to at least advance to the finals and have a shot to win the whole thing. Here are the standings as of this moment. We have a two-way tie for first place, El Desperado and Hiromu Takahashi, each with 13 points. Then a four-way tie, Taiji Ishimori, Sho, Yo, and Robbie Eagles are at 12 points. And then the following are mathematically eliminated at this point. El Fantasmo at 10, Yoshinobu Kanemaru and Ratsuke Taguchi and Bushi and Master Wado at 8 points and Duki is at 
four points. So here is how the tournament stand, or here's the schedule, because it is one show tomorrow morning, 3 a.m. Eastern time, is going to determine the two finalists for the uh, Best of the Super Juniors final, which will take place this coming Wednesday. Show versus Yo. This is one that I'm looking forward to. Um, this one could be an elimination match, more than likely. Hiromu Takahashi against Robbie Eagles. Takahashi has it easy. He wins, he's in the finals. If Eagles wins, Takahashi is out of the picture. El Desperado faces El Fantasmo. Same situation for El Desperado. If he wins, he is in the finals. If he loses, he is out. He cannot make the finals. Um, we also have... Who else is still in contention? Taiji Ishimori. He faces Rasuke Taguchi. Ishimori, if he gets a win and then a little bit of help, he's going to get in to the finals as well. So those four are the big four to keep an eye on for tomorrow as far as who gets to the finals which will be this coming Wednesday. Now, to the World Tag League Tournament. Their final night of round-robin action is this Sunday, and there are about five teams still in contention. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi, along with Tatsuya Naido and Sonata and Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi, are all tied at 16 points. That is very key, very important because one of the matches is basically a win-and-you-are-in situation. And the other two teams that still have a shot to get to the finals, Great Okan and Aaron Hanare, along with Evil and Yujiro Takahashi, are at 14 points. The other remaining teams really don't have a shot to get in. The Gorillas of Destiny, along with Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens, and Hiroshi Tanahashi and Toru Yano, each have 12 points. And then the remaining teams have no shot. Kojima and Tenzan are at 4 points. Yuji Nagata and Tiger Mask are at 2 points, along with uh, Hanma and Makabe, and Minoru Suzuki and Takamichinoku have yet to win a match in the tournament which is very surprising considering it's Suzuki on the team so here is how it this plays out for Sunday and really it's a two to three match situation the big one is Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi against Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi both of them have 16 points Whoever wins that match goes to the finals. Pretty simple. Pretty, pretty simple. Great Okan and Aaron Hanare face Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa. Okan and Hanare can get in with a win and a little bit of help. The same with Evil and Yujiro Takahashi. They face Naido and Sonata. Sonata and Naido can get into the finals with a win. Anything else, well, if they lose, they're out. If it's a draw, will remain to be seen how it plays out. And again, the finals for both 
the best of the Super Juniors and the World Tag League are this Wednesday uh, at 3 a.m. Eastern Time. So these next couple of days are going to be very, very big for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Speaking of big, AEW's first pay-per-view of 2022 is officially announced. Revolution will take place on March the 6th in Orlando, Florida at the Edition Financial Arena. AEW is calling this the AEW Weekend Spectacular with a live edition of Rampage being held on March the 4th and a FanFest event being held on March the 5th, which will be held at the same arena. Tickets go on sale for all of these events December 17th at 10 a.m. Eastern with limited combo offers available at AEWTix.com. The first AEW pay-per-view of 2022 Revolution, Sunday, March the 6th in Orlando, Florida. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll get that for my parents as their wedding anniversary. You know, uh, next one is a, is a big one, I think. Is it? No. No, it's not a, like a specific anniversary. But it is an anniversary. Maybe, maybe I'll get that for my parents for their anniversary this year. Is, uh, the pay-per-view. <laughs> Last week on the show, I talked about the WWE's new program that they came up with called Next in Line, which really is going to help college athletes kind of develop the name, image, likeness um, deal that has come into with the NCAA. This week, they signed 15 uh, athletes to be a part of this, and I have the list in front of me, and I'm going to read them off uh, to everyone, and I'm going to tell you all who from the list I think could be something. So we have Carlos Aviles, who's a track and field athlete from Ohio State, Haley and Hannah Cavender, yes, twins, uh, both play basketball at Fresno State, AJ Ferrari, who is a wrestler at Oklahoma State, Lexi Gordon, who plays basketball at Duke. Aaliyah Hutchins, who is a track and field star at Wake Forest. John Cran, who plays football for Portland State. Glenn Logan, who plays football for LSU. Isaac Odugbeson, who is a track and field star at Alabama. Mason Paris, who is a wrestler at Michigan. Masai Russell, who is a track and field star at Kentucky. John Seaton, who is a football player at Elon. Joe Spivak, who plays football at Northwestern. Dalton Wagner, who plays football at Arkansas. And Riley White, who is a track and field athlete from Alabama. Of the 15, just looking at them, the one to me that kind of just screams, this guy could be something, or this girl could be something, is A.J. Ferrari. He's already got the name, A.J. Ferrari. How could you mess this up if he ends up at WWE? That's the perfect name, A.J. Ferrari. Come on, you can't get any better than that. A.J. Ferrari. 
It is there in the name. AJ Ferrari. <laughs> Come on. You can't do better than that. Good Lord. Every, you know, if some of them, because obviously not everyone's going to make it. If some of them make it, you know, they're going to they're gonna have their names changed. Maybe not the Cavender twins. Maybe not them. But, come on. AJ Ferrari. You're kidding me. You can't have a better name for wrestling than that. AJ Ferrari. You know what? I'm an AJ Ferrari guy. I'm going to say it right here, right now. I am an AJ Ferrari guy. I'm pulling for AJ Ferrari. I want him to end up getting signed by WWE and end up being like the biggest star ever. And if it happens, it'll be because of this show. Alright, so uh, this past Sunday was NXT War Games. Not a takeover, it's just NXT War Games. They had, in total, five matches on the show, and I'm going to say it was kind of a meh kind of show. You know, not the greatest, but not really the worst either. So, it had its good moments, and it had its moments that, you know, I could kind of forget. Um, it depends on... How you feel would be the best way to do it. So, uh, I'll go through each of the matches, give my thoughts. Start off with the Women's War Games match. Um, uh, this one, they tried, but I think the whole weapons thing was a bit too much. And I'm going to say the same about the men's right now as well. I think the weapons shtick is a little too much for the war games. Why would you need weapons for the war games? You're in a cage. You are in a steel cage. I don't think you needed that a whole lot. Um, Gigi Dolan got a lot of support from the fans. Uh, she seemed to be someone that won the fans over here. And then Cora Jade. My God. Cora Jade... 20 years old, 20 years old, does this, like a swanton dive, and it's like she barely hits it, and then when she lands, she's holding her shoulder, and they kind of make part of the match focusing on you know, this 20-year-old hurting her shoulder, and then eat, and the doctors want to get in, and they're like, we want to, you know, take care of her, we want to get her out, and then Eo just yanks the shoulder back into the socket, and it was kind of a weird thing, and then the, the ending was just so abrupt, where everybody was out, and then here's Cora Jade, who crawls over to J.C. Jane to get the three count and the win. The ending just seemed kind of rushed. But I'm not taking anything away from what Cora Jade did, what Gigi Dolan did, some of the other women did in this. They did the best that they could in this situation. But it's not 
one that I would look back on as far as women's war games go as if this was the best one because it definitely wasn't. Then we go to the NXT Tag Team title match. Fabian Eichner and Marcel Barthel against Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner. This match, I don't know. My attention seemed kind of lost, maybe because of the previous match. There were people talking about how this match was great. It was, you know, an incredible match, match of the night. I I kind of didn't feel this way. I, I just didn't. And it was kind of obvious, you know, who was going to win. It didn't, that part did not take anything away from me. But still, it was just like, besides Eichner pulling out an amazing performance in the match, what else is there to talk about, really? Uh, Imperium won the match to retain the titles, and then Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner had a fight, which apparently set up a match on Tuesday that Von Wagner won, and it was Kyle's last match. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly, as of right now, is a free agent. As of right now, remains to be seen. Duke Hudson against Cameron Grimes in a hair versus hair match. Cameron Grimes is someone that I've really enjoyed, and this is no exception. This was a very good match. Uh, good back and forth. You know, it was a little gimmick, but, you know, it was a gimmick kind of match, but it was just a fun match to watch. And, you know, Cameron Grimes getting the win, and then the post-match where... Duke Hudson tries to shave his hair and then Grimes reverses it and gets a little bit off before Duke Hudson escapes. It's good and it kind of shows that this definitely is not the end of that feud. Then we get to the cruiserweight title match, Roderick Strong and Joe Gacy. This is the one that I could forget in a heartbeat and I probably would not be upset about this match did nothing it did nothing for me and Roderick Strong retained that's really all you need to know but the best match of the entire show to me was the men's war games match between uh, the black and gold and 2.0 team 2.0 of NXT and I'll tell you, there were two guys that came out of this match looking like stars, as far as I'm concerned. One, Carmelo Hayes, and two, Braun Breaker. Those two are going to be something. They're going to be stars. And Carmelo Hayes, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the guy credit. Starting the match, started the war games, went all the way to the end. And he looked fantastic. He looked wonderful. I want to see more Carmelo Hayes, you know, matches down the line. I would be all for that. Um, if he ever gets called up to the main roster, I hope they use him tremendously because this guy has a lot of ability, very good in the ring, smooth in the ring, and... You know, I watched a couple of his promos. He's a good talker, too. This guy's got a lot of potential. He could be something 
really, really important and somebody good if they use him the right way. And then Braun Breaker. Okay. When your father is Rick Steiner, who you could say is the original mayor of Suplex City, and your uncle is Scott Steiner, you better be pretty doggone good. And he is. And when I watched him, I was seeing his dad. I was seeing Rick Steiner in the ring, throwing the suplexes, doing all of these moves. And I'm looking and I'm like, this kid's got it. This guy's going to be something. I really feel that way. Braun Breaker is a hybrid of his dad and his uncle. And my God, if they, you know, develop him more, Braun Breaker could be somebody in a few years in WWE that I could see being a serious contender for the world title or the universal title. I don't know if he's at the position yet to where, you know, it's like, oh, he's going to main event WrestleMania Sunday. I'm not at that position yet. But Braun Breaker looked fantastic. And I, in the same way with Carmelo Hayes, these are two guys that I thought of the team are the two that are going to break out. They're going to be huge stars. Grayson Waller is a maybe. I, I, I'm not... You know, quite sold on him, but I see potential. The one that didn't do it was Tony D'Angelo. He's got that whole Italian gimmick, and it's just, eh, it's kind of there. That's really the best way to look at it, as far as I'm concerned. But this match was very good. Uh, went a good long time. It was almost a 40-minute match. Um, And you know what? Everybody looked good in this match. I can't complain I really can't complain about this match there really wasn't much bad in it it looked very very good probably one of the better war games that NXT has had since they brought the war games back into you know into the fold and team 2.01 and it was breaker who got the pin on Champa so you could tell that they're going to do another Champa Breaker title match down the line. Um, just a really good War Games match. I really enjoyed it. Like I said, probably one of the better ones that they've had in a while. So I I would recommend this match to watch of the five and then really watch for Hayes and Breaker. Those are the two to me that stood out the most out of everybody in the war games. Alright, so this Saturday is Ring of Honor's final battle, uh, the quote-unquote end of an era, and we have some interesting news that has developed during the day over the last 24 hours. Originally, the main event of this show was going to be Bandito against Jonathan Gresham for the Ring of Honor world title. Unfortunately, Bandito tested positive for COVID. Therefore, he cannot compete at this event tomorrow night. However, 
Tony Khan and AEW are going to lend some talent to Ring of Honor for this event. Mainly, Jay Lethal will now be a part of Final Battle. He originally was not going to be a part of Final Battle this Saturday, but because of what happened with Bandito, or with Bandito, um, Tony Khan said, you know, he was going to allow some of his talent to compete at Final Battle, and Jay Lethal is one of the talents that they are going to let compete. So, because of that, we now have a double main event for Final Battle this Saturday night, and this is a very good-looking card. And I wrote an article, uh, it's up on our website, thatwrestlingshow.com, about my feelings towards Ring of Honor and what Ring of Honor has meant to me over the years. Um, please check it out. Uh, it's up on, I posted a link on Twitter, on our Twitter account, and it's also up in our Facebook group if you guys want to check that out. So, uh, gonna take a look at each of the matches and going to make predictions on all but one match because I have no idea what'll happen in that one match. So, let's get to the card for Final Battle. There will be a 10-man wildcard tag team match. No one has been announced. That's why I am not making a prediction on that match. A four-corner survival match for the Ring of Honor World Television title as the new champion, Dalton Castle, makes his first defense of the title against Red Titus, Silas Young, and Joe Hendry. This should be a pretty good match considering the four individuals that are involved in it. I'm going to say Dalton retains the TV title. He just won the belt. So I'm going to say uh, Dalton holds on to the title. The Ring of Honor Pure title will be defended as Josh Woods defends the title against Brian Johnson. And you know what? I kind of see a little bit of an upset here. I think Brian Johnson is going to win the pure title off of Josh Woods. It'll be an upset as far as I'm concerned. Ray Horace goes one-on-one -on -one with Dragon Lee. This should be a fantastic match between these two. This is going to be high-flying BWI Airport. Better have air control traffic ready to... Uh, Watch these two go at it. I'm going to say Ray gets the win on this one. Should be a very fun, very fascinating match. Six women tag team action as the Hex of Allison Kay and Marty Bell team up with Chelsea Green to face the allure of Mandy Leone and Angelina Love and Miranda Elise. Uh, should be a pretty good six women tag match. I'm going to go with the Hex and Chelsea Green to take the victory. The Ring of Honor women's title will be on the line as Willow Nightingale challenges the champion, Roxy. Should be a good match. Um, Willow has become one of my favorite women's wrestlers to watch, and Roxy really earned her way via the tournament. So I'm going to say Roxy is going to retain the women's title. We have a six-man tag team match as Violence Unlimited of Brody King, Homicide, and Tony Deppin 
will face the team of Tracy Williams, Taylor Rust, and Eli Isom. Uh, could be a show-stealing six-man tag. I'm going to go with Violence Unlimited to take the victory. The Ring of Honor World Six-Man Tag Team titles are going to be defended as the Righteous of uh, Vincent, Bateman, and Dutch will challenge Shane Taylor Promotions. They are using Freebird rules, so it will be O'Shea Edwards, Moses, and Khan in the six-man title defense. A lot of six-man person tag matches on this show they are really getting everybody in on this one uh i see another title change i think the righteous are going to win the six-man tag team titles i think we will get new champions kenny king will face shane taylor in a fight without honor this one is going to be a very brutal fight these two are going to lay it all out on the line in this match I think Shane Taylor is going to prevail in this match. Should be a fun, entertaining match. And the double main event, the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles will be defended. The Briscoes against the OGK of Matt Taven and Michael Bennett. Uh, The Briscoes are going to go for a 12th title reign as Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. They are currently the GCW Tag Team Champions. So it's kind of title for title, or not title for title, but champion versus champion here. And I think Bennett and Taven are going to retain. I I really do. I don't know what the future for the Briscoes hold. They've been so loyal to the company since day one. I'm not really sure how, you know, what they're going to do after final battle. And the other half of the double main event, Jonathan Gresham against Jay Lethal. This should be a really good match. Student versus teacher, if you look at it. Um, I'm going to say Jonathan Gresham wins this match. Uh, it, it felt like for a while it was kind of building up towards eventually Gresham and Lethal were going to face each other. And I think Gresham is going to be the one that beats Jay Lethal here in this match. Now also, it is also, or uh, pardon me, it is mentioned in the news this afternoon that during the first hour of Final Battle, basically the pre-show, they will give an update on what will happen with the Ring of Honor World title. Will Bandito be stripped of the title? Will he hold on to the title really no idea at this point in time but will be interesting to see what happens and what transpires this saturday night at final battle well that is going to do it for this week's show but before i go let's do the quick plugs if you guys have any questions or comments send an email wrestlingman at that wrestling I will read your emails on the show if you feel a little adventurous. You can follow the show on Twitter at WrestlingShow11 and join the Facebook group, That Wrestling Show Fan Group, uh, where you can join others, hundreds of others, from around the world to talk current and past wrestling. All right. 
Here are some podcasts you guys should check out, friends of the show and others. This week, it is our Vantage Point with Joe Morata and Michael Quinn. They wrap up their season by talking about in the Anywhere But New York segment, well, wrestling. Plus, the Royal Flush, the final week, the final week of the worst WWF pay-per-views, and they review Saturday Night Live from March 30th, 1985, hosted by Mr. T and Hulk Hogan. That is on our vantage point. Also, check out Greetings from Allentown with Peter Winston. He and Keithy Langston are doing another GFA Live, where this week they watch and discuss the 1995 movie Casino. That is this week on GFA Live. Also, check out Juice Pro Wrestling, where they have nothing. They didn't update anything, which is kind of surprising. But check them out anyway, Juice Pro Wrestling. They are some really awesome guys. And check out Memphis Continental Wrestling Cast with Luke Jennings. It is the number one Memphis-related podcast in the United Kingdom and more than likely probably the only uh, Memphis wrestling podcast in the United Kingdom. Check it out as our as my friend Luke. He watches Memphis wrestling each and every week from the 80s onwards. He's currently just started, as a matter of fact, February 1981. For those of you looking for non-wrestling-related podcasts, check out The Castle Vault, which is uh, a deep dive into Disney+. Plus. This week, they discussed the 2017 movie Thor Ragnarok. That is this week on The Castle Vault. Also, check out Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, where they interview John Bermuda Schwartz, the drummer for Weird Al, as they talk about the upcoming tour. Yep, the upcoming Weird Al tour for 2022. Tickets went on sale today for that tour, if you guys want to check it out. Uh, Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Also, check out Escape from Vault Disney, where they watch something on Disney Plus via a randomizer. This week, in the first of three special Christmas episodes, they watch Prep and Landing. That is this week on Escape from Vault Disney. Also, check out Bill Learns Kingdom Hearts, where myself and Jim Boy Star go through Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. Just started last week going into Riku's story. So check it out, Bill and or Bill Learns Kingdom Hearts. And finally, check out Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast where I watch and review each and every South Park episode. This week, I review the season 14 episode, Medicinal Fried Chicken. That is this week on Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast. Okay, next week on this program, going to review Ring of Honor's final battle plus going to talk about the results from both the Best of the Super Juniors and the World Tag League. And I'm going to make a major announcement next week concerning the future of this podcast. I'm going to say it right now, no, I am not ending the podcast. So for those of you that were worried after I said I'm making a major announcement, 
I am not ending the podcast. Don't worry. Everything is all right. So, everybody, have a good, safe weekend uh, wherever you may be. And don't forget, in two weeks is the season finale of that wrestling show going to wrap up 2021. Everybody, have a good, safe weekend and come back next week for another episode of that wrestling show, the podcast where all pro wrestling matters. And as always, wrestle on.